This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What is your next mission from God? We all have one. God has something in mind for us right where we are. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julian Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Based on Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, Julie shares unique stories from the lives of the saints to show how they searched for and discovered God's will for their lives. I don't normally have guests on my show, but today I am inserting the first few minutes of this podcast. I'm going to insert a homily I heard by Monsignor John Syack. And the reason is I couldn't say it any better than he did. And he's going to talk to us a little bit about St. Maria Goretti. Her feast day is July 6th. And she was murdered when she was 11 years old. And it's an incredible story. But there are some things to glean out of this. So after the homily, stay with me. I want to take you through some conclusions that maybe we really hadn't considered before. As we look at the, the, the history of the church and the lives of the saints, that, that he raises up certain individuals for a very particular mission. And I think I'm thinking today of our, of our saint, Saint Maria Goretti. She died when she was 11 years old. And, and, uh, and why did she die? Because she uh, refused to be raped and refused to give in to, to impurity from the, from the advances of Serenelli is his last name. So, so the way this, this, this came about is that uh, uh, Maria Goretti and her siblings and her, her her mom and dad had moved into the area of Anzio, which many years later was a place of the Allied landings uh, during World War II. And her, her father soon died of malaria, and so this, the mother had to move in with some neighbors, and, and, uh, and that's where um, uh, this, this situation came about. So they're living in this great poverty in this agricultural area, and, and the 19-year-old the, the boy um, as he confessed later on, was had been very much affected by pornography um, that he obtained through his father, uh, had had this uh, attack on on Maria and wanted to wanted to rape her, and she, you know, of course, refused and resisted, and you know, this is not what God wants, and he went into a kind of state, and he stabbed her. 11 times once, and as she went to the door, stabbed her three more, 14 times. And, and then she was, uh, d- it was discovered, and she was taken to the ho- hospital where a surgeon tried to work on her without anesthetic, and then uh, uh, got to the point where he, could, he couldn't save her. And uh, she died uh, two days later, uh, and having forgiven uh, her attacker, and... and uh, uh, the attacker was sentenced to, to, to 20, well, he served 27 years in prison, 
And although he wasn't initially contrite about that, apparently she appeared to him in prison, uh, again, forgiving him, and that helped to bring a, precipitate this great conversion in him. And, and, uh, and then after he got out of prison, he attached himself to a Franciscan monastery as the gardener and lived the rest of his life that way in, in, re, in repentance. Um, and uh, so, so, so she's, she really has a, had this particular, it's a very brief life, but a, but a very important mission, especially on the, uh, she died in the, in the early 20th century, that's, that was going to be, you know, really marked by the, the vice of lust. It's always been a problem in, in the human condition since the fall. But uh, we say in our age particularly, it is a particular problem. And and, the, and in that, what what happens in that in that in that vice is that we cease to see the other person as a person. We see them as an object. We see them as a means to an end, which is pleasure. Taking something that's very beautiful as part of of uh, the way we are created in the image and likeness of God to help co-create with with Him, and it gets perverted into something selfish. And, and the, the explosion of impurity that we've witnessed you know, in, the, in the last 60 years, primarily because of the artificial birth control as well as the, the, the uh, prevalence of pornography, has made this a real difficulty for a lot of people. And so Maria Goretti stands as, as a patron. You know, young people are, are drawn to her and, and seeing the, the misery, and having experienced the misery that, that that impurity creates in life, and and uh, and there she, so she stands as this as this witness for us, a witness against the evil of our age, and as a beacon of hope, right? And who who as as a as a member of the body, right? Still working her mission from heaven in the hearts of of, the, of those on earth of seeking that deeper, more purer life, and so and so let's let's take her as. A, as a, as a companion, right? Somebody who wants to draw close to us, to draw us into that deeper life of purity where we, we see with the eyes of Jesus, right? We, when we look upon another as, not as an object to manipulate, but as a person to love and to make of ourselves a gift for others and to be able to receive others truly as a gift in love. One thing I want to make sure that everybody understands is that when a girl or a woman is raped forcibly and they're not killed, they're overpowered, they don't want to consent and they are raped. There's a term like something was stolen from them, something was taken from them. Well, they were assaulted, that is horrible. But let me assure you that because they didn't consent, because they didn't want this, they, they're virginity remains intact. I know socially or in history with different um, cultures that's not considered so, but it is the truth because it's the condition of our soul. It's our will. And it's the thing that cannot be taken from us no matter our circumstances. You remain a virgin despite this horrible, horrible thing. The other thing too is that our God is so good he restores things to us. So we remember what Monsignor said is that Alexandro, his father gave him pornography, his own father. 
Nowadays, pornography is accessible. They say the average age of boys to be ex- exposed to it is now around 10 years old. It permeates, it's accessible, it's everywhere it seems like. And with our girls, we've highly sexualized them by, you know, teaching them to dress a certain way, uh, letting our boys and girls watch certain kind of films, movies. We've just, we've just set them up. Um, we, I don't mean you and I, but culturally, they've been set up. And so sometimes at a very young age, they become sexually active and promiscuous and involved in all kinds of things. You become an adult, you realize that you were a child manipulated, lack of a good home life, um, uh, you know, the family has fallen apart. And so pretty much boys and girls often are set up to lose their virginity very early and to be promiscuous and get into all kinds of trouble. So we think, well, yes, they're victims. Yes, they are. And when they learn the truth in their life, when the truth of Jesus Christ comes to them, when they learn things like the theology of the body, what a human person is supposed to be. When they finally get this understanding after the filth that was their earlier life, what are they to do? Was all that taken from them, stolen from them? Well, no, Jesus restores our virginity. It's a second virginity. Jesus restores everything. It's the condition of our soul. And so through the church and through, no matter what time in our life, we finally get to hear the truth of what it is to be human. It doesn't matter even if we're very old. When we finally get that truth, we then embrace it. And it's our desire, our soul, our knowledge that our Lord looks at. And so I don't want anyone to feel because they had a disadvantaged childhood, especially in ways of sexuality, that they are tainted, used goods or anything like that. This is not the case. Jesus restores, he heals. And when Jesus fixes something, when Jesus heals someone, they're better. When he restores, he's abundantly heals. He abundantly restores. Our one example is like Adam and Eve in the garden. Okay, they fell. They fell. When Jesus comes through to restore us, we will be far better off than our original parents in the Garden of Eden. Heaven allows us to share in Jesus's nature. When he restored us, he became one of us. And so we get to participate in his nature. He gets to participate in ours and we're elevated into the life of the Trinity. So when Jesus goes about fixing something, he just doesn't put it back as good as it was. And Eden was good. He puts it back in a way far superior. He makes saints of people. They help others. He brings good out of evil in a way that we can't even fathom. So like, let's say rape. Sometimes there's children. They're the product of rape. I know of one priest. His name is Father Leon. And he is a, his life came into being because his mother was raped. She was raped at a really young age, 13 years old. And his mother defended him. She had to go live somewhere else. Her relatives, they tried punching her in the stomach and having her drink concoctions and stuff because they didn't want her to have this child. And interiorly, the Lord had said, protect the child. And he became a priest. And with Maria Goretti, 
it's really a sad deal. Her dad died when she was young. The mother had to go live with another family. It was a setup. The, the young man living with that family had been set up by pornography from his own father. I mean, this was a setup. And yet a saint came out of it. A saint, Maria Goretti, who wanted her perpetrator to be with her in heaven. She had the eternal perspective. And she appeared to him in, when he was in prison and she forgave him and, and helped to bring about his restoration with Jesus. This is a beautiful story. It's how good can be brought out of horrific evil. Evil does not have the last word ever. Our Lord Jesus Christ does. And it may take time. It may be a while before we see it. And we may not even see it in our lifetime. But when we give over any evil, any misfortune to him, he redeems it, brings good out of it. And it it's far surpasses anything we could imagine. St. Maria Goretti, pray for us. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Omdurko, produced at the studios of Mater Dei Radio in Portland, Oregon. To listen to this podcast, visit materdayradio.com. To find out more about Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, or if you're in need of a Catholic speaker for a parish mission, retreat, conference, or event, visit catholicfinishstrong.org. That's catholicfinishstrong.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.